Some people don't understand why you've already busted out the sweaters. They may raise a brow at keeping scarecrows out year-round, but you just go ahead. Let them stare, because you eat, sleep, and drink pumpkin at Dunkin'. So sip your classic spiced and iced $3 medium pumpkin spice signature latte, or try the bold pumpkin cream cold brew, an ultra-smooth brew topped with pumpkin cream cold foam. Also $3 for a medium. All so you can fall harder. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. It's the Remain Seated Podcast with Gina Barberi and my son, Festus. Welcome back. We did spooky stuff last week. We thought we'd do some more spooky stuff. We talked about some things on the Radio From Hell show that I found some more details about. So, local ghost stories. Festus, you found some Halloween murder stories. I thought it's about time we did some murder stuff. Yeah, but but none of this would be possible without the help of our good friends at Black Velvet Boutique. No, it would not. <laughs> Locally owned and operated sexual wellness resource. They're open seven days a week. Now they're moving, so they're doing a, a big inventory reduction sale. Well, so they don't have to move as much. I get it. It's like why I take stuff to the DI when I move. I don't. I don't want to move all that stuff. No. So big sale going on, up to 50% off. Just go in and ask them. They're locally owned and operated, nice folks that work there. They want you to be confident in the bedroom, and knowledge helps you get to your most confident, sexy self at Black Velvet Boutique, 293 South State Street in Clearfield, or you can go to blackvelvetboutique.com. So on the Radio From Hell show, that's the other show I do. Are you cheating on our show? This is not the only show that exists. I don't, I don't think we should tell people that. Okay. I this, think this, according to everyone listening right now, this is the only show <laughs> that but, you're allowed to listen to. But if you happen to be in your car where the radios are, you can listen to the radio from Hell Show in the morning. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about, actually, uh, we were doing an ex-poll about uh, local ghost stories, and somebody called in and said, have you ever done the Ogden Cemetery Halloween thing where you go there and you flash your car lights and a ghost appears. We're like, no, we haven't heard about that one. So I did a little research and found the actual story. It's the legend of Flo's grave, not Flo from Progressive. Not No, she, she she's not dead yet. As much as you she, would wish she did, she she's still with us. She's and, still making horrible Progressive <laughs> commercials. So the legend is if you flash the lights of your car on Flo's grave three times, her ghost will appear and come towards you. And somebody called in and said, I totally did this and it worked. And so there, it's an actual grave um, in Ogden, the Ogden Cemetery. It's at Florence Louise Grange. Born November 24th, 1903, died December 29th, 1918. Gone but not forgotten, it says. Clearly. Clearly, uh, she's probably not even gone yet. So like most legends, it's impossible to trace this one back to its original source. There's a couple of different versions explaining that Flo died, leaving her ghost forever waiting at her grave. One version says that Flo was waiting to be picked up by her boyfriend, 
to go to a school dance at Ogden High when she was struck and killed by a car. Others say she died from choking on a piece of candy. Actually, neither of those are true. Those are what people have said. Here's what I heard happened. Here's what actually happened. She was the second child born to Dottie and Ralph Grange. Most references call her by her middle name, Louise. But apparently she died of the Spanish flu, which is not as exciting as dying from you know, no. choking on Halloween candy. I think more people died of the Spanish flu than ever die of choking on Halloween candy. But apparently that's the thing. So on, on Halloween, you're supposed to go to the Ogden Cemetery, flash your lights three times. That's where I think the car accident came from. Like, oh, she died in a car accident. So, so you flash your lights yeah. and she's like, that's PTSD now. So if you're looking for something to do on Halloween, that's one. Is it only on Halloween that she will appear? I guess, yeah. That's her. I mean, she's sleeping the rest of the time. She's dead. Give her a break. So also on the Radio from Hell show that I'm not supposed to talk about on this podcast. Doesn't exist. But I didn't realize I'd never told you the story of your Indiana Jones costume. No, I learned about this live on the air the other day in front of all the wonderful <laughs> listeners. So, we got to all learn about it together. So, so when you were little, you were obsessed with Indiana Jones. Yes. That was your very favorite. You watched it over and over and over again so much that you had the fight scenes memorized and choreographed and you would like do all the moves so it looked like you were fighting whoever indiana jones was fighting still at the do time you still do still do i still <laughs> pop in my vhs every friday you had the raiders of the lost ark you had all of the indiana jones movies you had the young indiana jones remember those Yep, i remember those so you were crazy about indiana jones and you wanted to be indiana jones for halloween and you must have been i don't know five yeah, six. six five or six well Back then, we didn't, you know, have the internet so much. You, you couldn't, you couldn't Amazon anything. No, I couldn't just say I would like an Indiana Jones costume. I had to piece that together, like a like a real mom. You had to get creative with it. Which the clothes are pretty easy for that. Yeah, you just, you know, you get a beige shirt yeah. and a jacket. And, and I a found hat. a hat. Yeah, the hat was perfect. Like yeah, but I could not find a whip and it, you got to have the whip if you're indiana jones yeah otherwise you're just a dude in a shirt so black velvet boutique wasn't around back then but there were other stores like black velvet boutique <laughs> that had whips i don't like where it's going <laughs> as much as i love black velvet boutique i don't like where this is going but I found the whip for your costume. I had to take the tag off of it because it was obviously not a child's Halloween costume whip when I purchased it. And you just sent me a picture of this, me holding the whip. Yeah. And it has the pink tip on, like the little <laughs> frillies, and it's pink. You didn't even cut it off. It's like you weren't even trying to hide it. I think I'm a good mom that I found you a whip for your Indiana Jones costume, and I was creative in how I went about finding it. You are. I'm at least glad you took the tag off. But if you want to see this picture, it'll be up on our uh, Twitter page at Remain Seated Pod. Um, yeah, that's disturbing. You played with that thing for years. It fell apart. I remember. I played with it like it started to peel. And yeah, because it was a big, long, I bet it was four or five feet long. Yeah. And and you played with it until it was down to a nub. I'm sure nobody else that bought that whip played with it that long. No, it's one of those impulse buys you think, ah, and then you don't use it again. Yeah. But I was a good mom. You were a good mom. You, you did what needed to be done. I did. To get me to my Indiana Jones. 
And um, so, yeah, trick-or-treating with you when you were little. And I remember, I actually, your grandfather, Papa Barberry, reminded me of when I was little. He would trick-or-treat with a martini glass. <laughs> See, you do that now, you're a bad parent. <laughs> so You do that back then, you're dealing with Halloween. I'm there with my, my treat bag, and he would trick-or-treat. And he said, you know, trick-or-treating in Salt Lake City back in the 70s, that no, no one was filling up your, your martini glass. No. I'm sure that was very taboo. Yeah, you don't do that. But I, at our house, remember, I have a box of wine by the door. You remember that I do this? I don't remember. Do you still do this yeah. with the with the you know, little a, ones? I have a box of wine with some with some cups, and if if a parent is trick or treating with their little one, I I ask if they also would like a treat, <laughs> and I just pour do you them need a something little, to get you through the night. A little to go glass. Do you have like a little solo cup yes. or something that you just kind of. Because it's festive. I'm sure they need it and appreciate it's it. It's better than giving out, you know, toothbrushes and stuff. Yeah. Like those horrible popcorn balls that people make themselves. Nobody ever eats those. No one eats those. No, you throw that at your brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's you don't a toy. Eat them. It's a toy. Or the toothpaste or boxes of raisins. Yeah. Come on, boxes of raisins. Come have a candy. Like, you ever get the apple slices? No. Who does that? Who get? Who? No. No one wants this. It's a holiday. Have some candy. Yeah. We can be healthy all of the other days of the year. There are dentists that you can take, you know, your candy in and he'll trade you for, I don't know, some dumb Floss or Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does he do with the candy? He just wants free candy. Sometimes I think it's actually pretty nice. Sometimes they do where they send candy to the troops. Um, yeah, that's what they need. That's what, that's what the troops well, need. Well, but no, what the troops do with it, actually, is they, um, like if they're in, I don't know, like Afghanistan or somewhere, and they have to deal with local people and, and villagers and things. Oh, do they use it for they, hearts and minds? Yeah. <laughs> no, they like, they, they run into little kids and the little kids are scared of the soldiers. And so they have a little candy to yeah, no, make them nice. feel. Yeah, no, it is a nice thing. Kind of. Bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah. Here's a Snickers bar. We're yeah. not scary people. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, I, I like that. Yeah, that's nice. So we had a few um, ghost stories that you found. Not ghost stories, but like murder story. Like, like Yeah, these are the, the, I looked up the 15 worst crimes committed on Halloween. Actual Halloween murder stories. Yeah, these aren't just, you know, a ghost appears when you flash your lights. These are people died. And, Actual things. Yeah. Here, do you want me to start here? We'll, we'll take turns reading some of these. Yeah, do you want to read the murders of Leslie and Adrian? You want sure. To read that one? Late on Halloween night, 2004, roommates Leslie Mazzara and Adrian Insogna and Lauren Minaza went to bed after handing out candy. Minaza woke up at 1 a.m. to the sounds of a scuffle. Not knowing what was happening, she ran in terror from the house and hid in the backyard and watched an assailant climb out of the window. When the coast was clear, she ran back in and found both of her roommates dead. <gasps> Throughout the investigation, FBI agents found cigarette butts near the scene of the crime that matched blood evidence inside the house, but found no known matches in any DNA databases. Officers and FBI agents spoke to nearly 1,500 persons of interest during the investigation of the double murder, including one of her friends, Lily Prudhomme. Her husband, Eric Koppel, became a person of extreme interest, not just interest. Extreme interest. During the investigation, when he refused to give DNA 
to exclude him from the suspect pool. Nearly a year after the crime, Koppel turned himself in and confessed to the deaths of his wife's friends while giving no motive for his crime. At the time of the murders, Koppel was only engaged to the friend of one of the victims and carried on the wedding, thinking the crimes would never be tied to him. He was wrong. Okay, you go. Okay, okay, these ones are fun. They're fun? These are fun. I don't know if that's the right word. Are we having a good time, everybody? Carrie offered to loan you the spooky music for all this. You should have him send it to me. I'll I'll give him a text. I'll send him a text. He'll send you the spooky music. Yeah, I could have it underneath right now. You're probably listening to it. Because this isn't fun. No. Yeah, the music you're hearing right now, if we're able to get it. Uh, Thanks, Carrie Jackson. Yeah, if we're not, we'll cut this in post. (laughs) (laughs) The murders of Ronald Seisman and Elizabeth Platzman. Sometime in the early hours of Halloween 1981, Manhattan couple Ronald Seisman and Elizabeth Platzman were murdered in their Chelsea apartment. The couple was severely beaten before being shot in the head, execution style, with the apartment completely ransacked. New York police initially believed drug money to be the motive, but then the case took a turn for the bizarre. A prison informant claimed that one of his fellow inmates had predicted the crime weeks before it actually happened. That inmate turned out to be the son of Sam killer, David Berkowitz. Berkowitz had long been rumored to be involved with a satanic cult that helped him with some of the murders. According to the informant, Berkowitz had told him that his cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village. Chelsea would qualify for that area, apparently. Um, on Halloween to carry out a ritual murder. When questioned, Berkowitz claimed that Seisman had footage of one of the Son of Sam shootings and was planning to hand it over to the authorities in exchange for dropping some drug charges. While no evidence was found to support Berkowitz's claims, he was basically right about the description of Seisman's apartment. But the killings are still unsolved. Dun, dun, dun. Now, the murder of Martha Moxley. The night before Halloween 1975, Connecticut teenager Martha Moxley left her house to attend a neighborhood party. Her body was found the next morning beneath a tree in her backyard, brutally beaten by a golf club. 25 years went by until Michael Skakel, who was also 15 at the time, was arrested, charged, and convicted of her murder. The case drew worldwide attention since Skakel was a nephew of Robert F. Kennedy's widow. Because of his family's wealth, he lived life in and out of rehab for alcohol, trying out for the Winter Olympics, and flunking out of multiple schools. I can't read the rest of this. I don't want to read that. You don't have to read that. That can be the end of it. (laughs) You don't want to... Because his alibi is something It's It's grody. And it involves DNA. Yeah, so the, so there you go. There That's, you go. You can figure out from there. Yeah. Google it, it everybody. No. The murder of Martha Moxley. <laughs> Read it for yourself. Find out how they discovered the DNA. Yeah. How about that? Okay, this one's cool. This is the last one we'll do. Okay. I want to read this. Okay, the murder of Peter Fabiano. Los Angeles hairstylist Peter Fabiano was shot dead on Halloween night in 1957 when he opened his door for what he thought was a trick-or-treater but was actually a grown-up in a costume. See, this is what scares me. Adults trick-or-treating? Adults trick-or-treating, because what if they got a gun? You don't know. You don't know. Peter didn't know. The adult shot Fabiano in the chest with a twenty-two in a brown paper bag before pl- fleeing the scene. Several weeks later, Golden Pizer and Joan Rabel were arrested in what turned out to be a deftly plotted crime of passion. 
Pizer was friends or possibly in a relationship with Rabel, and Rabel was also apparently in love with Fabiano's wife, Betty. The two women conspired to get Peter out of the oh, equation. Oh, okay. See, it was a plot. Yeah. And Rabel bought a gun for Pizer to shoot Peter with. Look at all these connecting dots. Yep. The arrests kicked off a firestorm of lurid co coverage as lesbians were seen as abnormal monsters with murderous urges. Oh, because this was back in the 50s? Yeah, this was 1957. Oh, okay. And the two pleaded guilty to murder and served long prison terms. Doesn't say how long, but maybe they're... Maybe they died there. I hope the spooky music is going under this. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Rayburn told me this story, and I wanted to end with this. So it's a personal ghost story for him. Oh, he's experienced. Yeah. Okay. So, so this was a, a, a longtime legend in his family that when you're 11 years old, your dad takes you to the cemetery now, this goes back like his dad and his grandpa and... The tradition. Yeah. That... When you're 11 years old, your dad takes you to the cemetery and there's this special mausoleum, you know, the big ones that are up out of the ground mausoleum. Mm -hmm. And you go in front of the mausoleum and you say, what are you doing? And you hear from the mausoleum, nothing. Because <laughs> they're, I mean, they're dead. They're just, they're laying <laughs> and, there. And, and, uh... And so, so when his oldest sister turned 11, and he, she watches her go in the truck with dad, and they go to the sun, and it's got to be at night. Well, yeah, scary things don't happen when the sun's out. And, and sister comes back, and, and he says, so, so what happened? Is it real? Is the story real? She said, yep, that's exactly how it happens. You say, what are you doing? And you hear back, nothing. And so his next oldest sister turns 11, Dad takes her to the cemetery, comes back. Okay, come on, it's not really real. You don't go there and you don't... Did you do the thing where you say, what are you doing? And then it says, nothing. She's like, yeah, it's, that's, I swear to God, that's, exa it, it, that's exactly what happens. I don't buy it. And so, so, so Rayburn turns 11, and his dad says it's time to get in the car. And get in the car, and they drive to the cemetery. And it's dark, and the lights are shining on the mall. And you got to go by yourself. Dad can't go with you. You gotta get out of the car by yourself and go to the mausoleum and say the words. He's like, I'm terrified. I get out of the car. He said, and, and dad kind of honks the horn to scare me. And I'm like, stop it. Don't do that. It'll scare the ghost away. <laughs> and he goes up to the mausoleum and he says, what are you doing? He's like, maybe, maybe I didn't say it loud enough. So what are you doing? He said, I did it a third time. What are you doing? And he's like, I, I just must be doing it wrong. And he goes back to the truck and dad says, so what happened? And he said, well, well, I said, I said, what are you doing? And dad said, and what did the mausoleum say? And he said, not. Oh, I get it. <laughs> 
nothing. He said nothing. He said nothing. But he said liter- it was nothing. But he said that this is the greatest thing because you live your whole life just dreading when you turn eleven, your and you've got it's this, it's this stupid joke that has this eleven-year buildup. <laughs> I'm surprised that no one spoiled it. No, by now you got to keep it because it's funny. Yeah, and the and his sisters weren't lying. No, that's exactly what happened. Yep. You go he up said and say nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. I mean, because whatever's in there, I mean, it's it's dead. It's saying nothing. It can't say anything anymore. So that's the end of this Halloween podcast. We've proved that ghosts aren't real, people. I don't know if, yeah, I mean. They say nothing. I don't, yeah, they say, yeah, because there was the opportunity. They could, we were, they were reaching out to the great beyond. And and they they got nothing. Yep. Thank you for listening to another episode of Remain Seated with Gina Barberi. Thank you, Festus. I enjoy this. I'm having a good time. <laughs> You'll keep doing it I'll with I'll keep me? doing it. Like I hope hang- everyone listening is enjoying it. You think hanging with your mom's an okay thing? Yeah. All right. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Remain Seated Pod. Or if you have any of your own personal ghost stories or any topics you'd like us to cover on the show, you can email Gina at x96.com. Take care, everybody. 